Women Inseparable, where women connect through the Word of God, with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. Confident on behalf of others, episode 15 of the Prayer and Fasting series. Our guest speaker today is Kristen Moore. God has gifted you in a way that only you can walk the path He lays before you. Here's Kristen. Dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that your words will be on my lips this morning, Lord God, and that your heart and my heart, how we're knit together and loving others can just come forth and hopefully breathe encouragement onto the ladies that are listening, Lord God, that they will have a spirit of reflection in themselves and how you make them uniquely yours as well, Lord God. Uh, and what that looks like in their own lives. Lord, we're grateful that we can gather together, we can read scripture, we can have community together, connection together. Lord God, I just pray for those connections today. Here with you and your word and in our group times together, Lord God, just knit women's hearts together to love you more. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. So, for those of you who are new, especially, I'm going to introduce myself a little bit because I'm not your normal teacher up here. I am uh, Kristen. I'm the other foundational leader of Women Inseparable, but my spot is usually behind the scenes. So <laughs> I'm doing all the things that Jacqueline's not gifted at as much, and so it's unusual for me to be up here. So thank you for your graciousness. If I'm staring at you, please know that it's because I'm pretending you're the only one I'm talking to. <laughs> Not because it relates to what I'm actually saying. Just so you know. So don't feel nervous about that. I'm just putting us together for the ease of my nerves. Yes. So I have been in Idaho for 20 years. That feels like a long time. Wow. I've raised my kids here. It's the longest I've lived anywhere. I, I moved all over growing up, and so to have roots of 20 years is amazing. It's my home. I love it. And I actually love all of you who are moving here. <laughs> and I'm not a native, so I don't, you know, have any hard feelings about that, <laughs> about you guys not being native either. I'm in very imperfect wife and a mother of three, including two adult children, which is fun. <laughs> I love them. So for your homework, I started out by having you guys read Romans 12. And the reason I did that, it was because I really want to portray the message that Romans 12 has. And let's, let's dive into that. Romans 12 Verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by all mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And then we get down into verse 4, where it says, For as one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, 
the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. I just want you to keep in that in mind as I'm talking. I'm going to kind of be talking through my experience and my gifting, but your gifting is going to be different than mine. So I want you to kind of think of that and how this pertains to you uniquely when I'm speaking. So, you know, Jacqueline is an amazing Bible teacher. She is. And bless her. I appreciate her gifting. More when you sit up here. <laughs> I can tell you. Uh, you appreciate even more. But I appreciate the giftings that all of us have, right? That's unique. My gifts, when we did our spiritual gift test, was not a surprise to me. Mine is mercy and serving. Leadership in there, too, with uh, shepherding, pastoring. So all that to say, I'm more comfortable stacking the chairs and helping behind the scenes than sitting up here. And that's okay. That's why we like Jacqueline in this seat and me in that seat. Yeah, so I want to share with you a little bit about my, my journey into ministry because God has really used things I've gone through to bring me to where I am now. So he's really built my prayer muscles a lot through motherhood, which included homeschooling, which wasn't something I planned on doing, but I did it for a very long time. Putting kids later in public school and through that I really learned how to pray because I needed to rely on the Lord. I did Moms in Prayer ministry that really taught me how to pray. Uh, that was huge for me and just my, my prayer walk, my prayer life. I love to serve, it's part of who I, if I'm not servant, I like shrivel up. I have to serve, it's just in me. And so I've always found a way to serve and that has led to more and more opportunities, leadership, more service, you know, that's just how it works. You do life, how you're created, and it, and it leads to those opportunities in ministry. And that's how it's happened with me. My first on-staff ministry role was a receptionist at another church. And at that smaller church, we didn't have ministers on site to really help us with the issues that came in the door or that were on the phone. So that fell to me. And I felt so inequipped most times to handle whatever situation I walked in on me or I picked up the phone for. And you just do it though, right? It's in your lap and you just, I learned to pray with people right there through really hard stuff they were going through. But many times I just pray to the Lord, Lord, give me tools. I need, I need more tools in my toolbox to help these people. I don't know how to, I don't know how to do this right. It feels too heavy for me. I don't know how to balance it. And so I just prayed, God, bring me, bring me that training I need. Bring me that resource I need to be better equipped to help people. And, and through some experiences there, you know, we're Christians. Christians hurt other Christians sometimes. Things happen. I came to ECC hurt. I'm sure a lot of you can relate, right? You've been through things like that. Whether it's our own doing, partly our own doing, not our own doing, it just happens. When I came here to ECC, I, I got plugged in because I need people. I was doing women's Bible study and they presented Stephen's ministry here. I looked through the class training list. I looked at that and I went, this is exactly what I've been praying for, Lord. I took it home, showed it to my husband. He's like, this is exactly what you've been praying for. And I said, I know. He's like, so you gotta do it. 
And for my husband, that's a lot for him to say, yes, go out, take classes, be away from me. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I better do this. I got the okay. So I went through STEAM ministry training. It was not only was it equipped me in the way I had been asking to be equipped, but it was very healing for me, very healing. That was just a side benefit I wasn't counting on. <laughs> and continued to heal me after I went through the training. But that was the, the start of it. I was learning to let go of offenses, learning to forgive myself. I had a lot of things to forgive myself for, <coughs> myself more than anyone else. I'm still working on that, but I've grown a lot, grown a lot in that. Doing Stephen's ministry led to me starting hope ministry here at the church which is going over the prayer lists each week which thankfully we have a lot of them people put those in encourage you to put those in so we have people who faithfully pray over those and we pick some depending on the needs to reach out to and call I have amazing people I'm looking at one that help with that it's just a great encouragement and a resource to people here at our church I did that as a volunteer role, and that led to me coming on staff part-time. Like I said, serving can lead to open doors to things you don't even know are coming. That's how my serving has led me to ministry work and even being on staff. I am going to share with you some of the practical, I'm such a practical person, very, very practical. So I'm going to share with you practical ways <laughs> of some of the training that I've had that might be a benefit to you. Maybe you know it, maybe you don't. I'm just gonna share in, especially if you don't know what Stephen's ministry is, so you might refer people to Stephen's ministry. This gives you a little, little glimpse into what it is. And of course, I'd love to talk to you more in depth about it if you're interested or have someone who, who could benefit from it. We're gonna talk about Christian caring. We are Christians. And so when we care for people, we're gonna care for people differently than say a family member who's not a Christian or a doctor or a nurse or somebody who might be in their life who's giving them advice and walking through a hard situation with somebody maybe that's grief maybe that's a divorce maybe that's lo loss of a baby or a hard relationship with a child I mean it can be any anything that's challenging for someone we are unique in that we can bring forth the tools that God gives us to care for them in a different way. But you might feel very inequipped to do that. You might feel insufficient in your knowledge or fear rejection that they're not going to take that care from you. Fear that you're being too pushy in your Christianness. Uncertain of what they really need. But what makes us special and distinct is that we have Christ. And we have the power that only He can give us that's a pretty big power you got in your back pocket <laughs> so don't be fearful of who you are and who he made you to be embrace that and use that to help care and comfort for the person that he brought into your life we're going to read second corinthians 1 3 through 7 and paul and timothy here are addressing the church at Corinth we're going to talk about God of all comfort so verse 3 blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of mercies and a God of all comfort 
who comforts us in all affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. So you've gone through trials. You've gone through things. They're not for waste. They're so that you can comfort other people. Maybe not in that same trial, but what you learn through that trial can be used to comfort someone else. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. So as all the saints suffer, right? Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. So as we share in the sufferings of others, we're also comforted. We don't want our motivation to be that we get something out of it, but you get something out of it when you come alongside somebody and you comfort them and love on them. So here's my practicalness here. Our job is to listen and comfort as Christians, to show Christ's love. We can intentionally plant and water. We can be responsible for care but God is responsible for the growth. We can get so caught up in wanting to see the results quickly that we forget it's a process. Mm -hmm. It's a process of walking alongside someone and loving them. And God's responsible for the results. In Stephen's mystery, we call him the cure giver because that's what he is, he's the cure giver. It's not our job. Our job is to love them and we'll talk about how, how we can do that practically, but it's his job to be the caregiver. So when we realize that he's a caregiver, we're freed up from worry and false expectations. Instead of focusing, instead we can focus on creating the best environment for growth to occur, right? So we can create a good environment for that growth to occur. And that comes into developing trust with the person and communicating love and acceptance. I'm going to go ahead and, and show you the little little handout you have. There's a little safe house on there. This is this is that nurturing environment that you can create. Think of the environment that you have with the person. So whether that's in our small groups, whether that's you with a person one on one, a safe house is a place where it's safe for. It's students ministry. We call them care receiver, but it could be your friend, right? Safe place for your friend to share about themselves and to receive healing. It's built on a foundation of grace-based acceptance. This means that you accept value and cherish the other person, not because he or she deserves it, but because Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you in John 15, 2. So one wall of the safe house is the listening wall. So when you focus all your attention, you're, you're intentionally present. Focus our attention on listening to the person that we're caring for. You give uh, him or her a wonderful, affirming gift that invites them to trust you. Okay, and so active listening is really hearing what they say, repeating back to them some of what they say so they know you're really listening. Be fully present. Don't check your phone. Those kind of things. No, no. The other wall of the safe house is empathy. When you show that you understand your, your friend's feelings or situation, they'll come to trust you more. The roof of the safe house um, is confidentiality. So it, it gives this person you care for 
the reassurance that they're not at risk for betrayal, really, that they can be trusted by you. You're going to receive that confidence. You value that confidence. So you can tell them that, tell them that, reassure them of that. For some people that maybe that's not a big deal for others who've been hurt. It's a big deal. Treat it like a big deal. Let them know. All these elements in the safe house create trust, which is the door through which your friend, your family member can begin to share. And that might take time. And if they've been hurt, it can take a long time. Don't be on your timeline. Just slowly work at creating that environment. I haven't always done that well, by the way. We grow in things. Sometimes you learn from your mistakes and that's how you grow, you hope. The other thing I wanna talk about is the mud pit. But the, uh, the visual of the mud pit has helped me. It's, there's times that this comes to mind and I'll evaluate where I'm at in the situation. We'll talk about what your little people are in the little mud pit. Sympathy is the little guy looking in, right? You have sympathy for the person in the situation, but you don't really know how to get involved or maybe you want to get involved. So you're looking in, you, you care, but mm, we'll kind of keep them at arm's length. Over-identification is the person who's in the pit that all kind of all by themselves, they're in the pit and they maybe relate to the thing the person's going through. So say it's grief. Maybe they've been through grief, but they're not very far along in their grief. And so it brings up a lot of hurt, hard feelings. They're not able to be very effective caring for the person because they're just not that far removed from the situation. Maybe there's been an offense that's kind of similar. Instead of being helpful, you start flinging mud with the other person, right? And that's not helpful. <laughs> you actually are maybe adding more burden to the person because of the area that you're at in your healing. We could add another person. They're actually not on the page because they're running away. That's avoidance. They're not, they're out of here. <laughs> we don't really want to be that person, but sometimes that might be a better place. <laughs> but the, the person we want to talk about today really is the two that are, are close together there. The one holding on to the tree. The tree, think of that as Christ, right? That's the word. That's our anchor. That's solid, right? No matter where you are in the pit, whatever you're going through, Christ is right there. He's accessible. Some of us can go through a situation ourselves and we can hold right on to him, right? So maybe you don't feel like you need somebody right there with you because you got Christ, you got his scripture, you got his word. You're relying on him for your strength. Sometimes people, they, they're not there. They're not connected. They don't feel connected to Christ. They don't feel like they can walk it alone. And then that's where we can come in, right? Where that other person we're bridging between Christ, his word, and the person who needs the care, the person who needs the comfort, the person who is holding on to Christ, helping that person in need, that's empathy. They're compassionate. They're full of faith, trustworthy, Christ-centered. They know that God is the power, not them. Maybe they're skilled. Maybe they're using active listening skills. They're reflecting feelings. So the person's feeling heard. They're fully present. We hold on to Christ while we minister to others, but we can't get fully in the pit. Okay. This is very important or you lose your effectiveness. If you let go of Christ, you jump in the pit with them. You just lost your effectiveness. 
you might be able to scurry back up and grab back on and it happens sometimes. But be real mindful of that, that Christ is the caregiver. He's the one we have to hold on to. That's how we're going to distinctively care in a Christian way for someone in a different way than maybe other people in their life are caring for them. I've had to think of the mud pit sometimes and think about what role am I playing right now? Oh, I think I just got the pit. <laughs> I'm not very effective. Okay, let me let me screw back up and grab a hold of Christ and help direct them to scripture. Not my own advice. I don't want it to be of me. I want it to be from Christ. Praying with them, comforting them. So I'm going to read a quote from, from Kenneth Hawk. I think it's how we pronounce his name. Prayer is our response to God's gracious invitation. It is based on the needs of the other person, confidently expecting God to act. As you go about being a distinctively caring Christian, both you and the person that you pray for will find strength and assurance, knowing that your concerns are left in the hands of God, who is love. It's not in your hands in the hands of God. So when you bring that person to him in prayer, you're lovingly placing them in his hands. That's very freeing, isn't it? To know that you're not carrying that alone because some things are big. You don't, you don't want to carry that alone. I've been in some big stuff and was very glad I wasn't in it alone. <laughs> Practically, how can we use prayer? We've been talking about prayer and fasting practically. How can we use prayer when we are caring for another individual? So why, why do we use prayer? James 5:16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it's working. Your prayers have great power. God gives us a special, Jesus gives us a special promise in Matthew 18, 19 through 20. Again, I say to you, if two of, two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you. So it has to be according to his will, right? Just because you're praying for something doesn't mean you're going to get the answers you want. It has to be in God's will. But where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. He is there. And that's important to know. So that's why we pray together, so that he can be there in, in the presence with us. He is that handhold in the pit. He promises he's there in the midst, in the pit. So when you pray together, God is that third party in the caring relationship. And a mutual benefit to your relationship is with that other person, as you draw closer to God and they draw closer to God, you're going to draw closer together. I bet you've experienced that. When you go through something with someone, it knits your hearts together. My sweet mother who's sitting out in the audience, our hearts are knit together. When to pray, when it's natural, okay? You don't want it to be just an artificial interjection or, oh, it's getting hard now. Oh, let's pray so I can <laughs> calm it down a little bit. We want it to be when they're ready. It's not when we're ready. You can sense it when they're ready. You don't want to pray to manipulate. Sometimes you really, you can just see what they need to do, right? And so in your prayer, you just want to pray that they'll see what they need to do. You know what it is, right? 
but don't pray to manipulate them. Pray for God to work in their heart and, and not, not your, what you want them to do. And it's not a technique for leaving. I know we often here and in our group time will pray to close, but when you're praying with an individual, don't have prayer be the last thing that you do with them necessarily, at least not every time, because they can be sad that you're leaving. And so if you always do prayer at the end, prayer will be a sad time for them maybe because they're thinking of you leaving them. So if you put prayer in the middle, move it up a bit and still have fellowship time with them after that, that can change the tone of what the prayer time was. So that's something to think about that maybe we don't always think about. It can be at the end, but maybe not always at the end of your time together. How? You want to ask them if you can pray with them. Okay. And that can be different ways. Can we pray together? Can I pray for you? Most of the time it's going to be welcomed. Sometimes they're going to say no. Maybe they um, are just thinking it's too much. Maybe they are afraid the motions will flood in. Maybe there's past experiences of prayer. They aren't ready to go there. Be okay with that. Be okay with the no. You can still pray with them yourself later for them and even with someone else maybe. Remember that it's based on their needs, not your needs. So don't brush off their feelings about how they're feeling about why they don't want to pray. Accept that's how they feel. Don't be defensive. And when they're ready, maybe there'll be another opportunity you can pray together. You want to choose meaningful words in a language that they understand and that they're comfortable with. So the age of the person, most of the time, I find it's, you just, it's like you're talking. Just talk to God like he's in the room with you. Very relaxed, very comfortable if you can. What you want to, what to pray for, you want to listen. That's your active listening. You listen to what those needs really are. Listen to what those feelings really are. And be specific in your prayer time then with them and pray about the specific need, pray about how they're feeling about it. Maybe they're going in for surgery and they just feel so anxious. So you want to pray about those anxious feelings and how that God can take those feelings from them and that they can feel his peace, like really address their feelings. You can use written prayers like the Lord's Prayer. In Steve's sermons lately, we've learned a lot more about the Lord's Prayer, haven't we? I have. We can use that in a powerful way and that might be a just what they need. We can put their name in scripture verses. One of the handouts I have up here for you is um, a handout that Jim Kirby made. It's a bunch of verses about difficult things and why difficult things happen. And this isn't scriptures for you to plop down in front of them and say, look these up. No, don't do that. <laughs> what they're intended for is for you to look them up for you to read them over, for you to pray about them, for you to get knowledge and see if this would be a verse that would be helpful for you in comforting someone, caring for someone. And it's just a tool for you to have in your toolbox. But it, it's been good for me to go through with people and realize, you know, kind of pray about, is this why this situation is coming about for this person? Well, if I feel that it's maybe the reason for their growth or whatever, I can read this scripture with that person and maybe they will perceive that from God. 
So again, it's just a little to direct you to a practical tool if that's something that would be helpful to you. Make sure to use your story, trials that you've gone through. I have found God doesn't ask me to share my full testimony with everyone, but when he does, there's a reason he does, and it's pretty powerful. And every single time it's been used for his glory, it's hard. It's hard to share all the things, right? It's hard to share all the things. I've been surprised to see that it's not usually that I share that same sin issue or whatever with the person, but we can relate. Most of the time, I find that someone was thinking more highly of me than they should have been. <laughs> and it just kicked the pedestal out. And they went, oh, I can relate to you now. And I'm like, why'd you even think that highly of me in the first place? <laughs> Obviously, we needed to get a little adjustment. <laughs> you never know how God's going to use your story and, and how it can relate and touch other people. So don't be afraid of doing that. Be real. And as much as possible, be real with people. Let them know that you struggle with stuff just like they struggle with stuff. We know that there's only one perfect person that ever walked this earth. All the rest of us, we're trying our best, <laughs> right? We're hopefully trying our best. So let's have grace with each other. Don't put too high of expectations on people, but be there for people, intentionally present. What can we do next? Maybe you're like me. Maybe you've been praying about you need to be better equipped. You need more tools in your toolbox. How do you do that? Well, maybe there's somebody who has a gifting that you have a gifting, similar gifting. Maybe it's, it's a person who is a great exhorter and you're, you're an exhorter too, but you, she just does it really good. And so you can ask her to mentor you. How can I do this? How can I practically, you do this well. How can you help me do this well? And ask them to teach you, watch them, learn from them. Maybe it is something like Stephen's ministry training. If that's something he's tugging on your heart, we can, you can check it out. That tool's here for us. Maybe you just need to build those prayer muscles. You're not that comfortable praying with other people. You know how you do that? Start praying with other people. <laughs> Moms in prayer, like I said, was huge for me. It was an amazing thing in my life. Still is. In group time, you could tell your group leader, could I do closing prayer today to get more comfortable praying in a small group? Be brave. Put yourself out there. I'm putting myself out there today, right? This isn't my normal seat. It's not where I'm comfortable. But God calls us to do things sometimes that aren't comfortable. And out of obedience, we can do it. We can do hard things. I'm really grateful I'm up here doing something that's kind of hard for me. Where is God calling you to be? What's he, who's he calling you to care for? You'll find out. <laughs> you don't have to look around real hard and he'll place someone in your life. If you just ask him to align your heart, your will with his will, it'll come. That spot to serve, especially if you're new here and you're like, how do I get plugged in? Just jump in, <laughs> start doing it. If it's not a right fit, don't feel bad about that. Just know where it's not always the right fit the first time. You got to try on another pair of shoes. Find one that doesn't 
squish those toes quite so much. A little squishing is okay, but <laughs> there are better fits, right? Yeah. There are better fits. So try on different things. Give it a try. Ask God to help you with that to find out. An important thing is don't worry about being qualified, right? You just need to be there. I've walked through things with people that I was in over my head. And I just asked God, what do I do? And he said, just love them. Love them. Listen, be there. Maybe it's just taking a meal. That's what you do. That's how you show love. A couple of people doing things like that, and they feel very loved. I've seen that over and over again. I've seen how a phone call from somebody makes all the difference in them feeling like they were invisible. They didn't matter. All of a sudden, they matter. They weren't forgotten. Somebody cared. A text message, a phone call, especially if God's placing it in your heart. And I know I can be bad about this. I'll think of people all the time and I don't actually text them. If you're thinking of someone, you want to give them a little comfort, a little care, send them a message. You won't regret that you did. It's probably the Holy Spirit tugging on your heart that they needed you right then. I happened to get a care package from Miss Casey from online here on my doorstep on Saturday. Beautiful, my bag's sitting over there. Beautiful handmade bag, homemade stuff in it. She didn't know all the things I was going through that week. She didn't know that that day was a hard day. But God did. God knew. She prayed about the timing of when to deliver that gift. And it was on my doorstep when I got home. He uses the littlest things to comfort. So I just want to encourage you in that. Sorry for the tears, but it's okay to cry. <laughs> it's okay to cry because that means you're being real, right? And real is good. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege to do life with you. Thank you that we can roll up our sleeves and we can love on people the way you call us to love on them in a way that only we can uniquely love. You've made us all different. You've gifted us all different because people have different needs and they need different things from different people at different times. So Lord, I just pray that the women listening to this message will really look at how you've equipped her to uniquely care for that person that you place in her life and that she truly just embrace that and go with it and not let self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy derail her from what you're calling her to do. I pray for courage in that, Lord God. Pray for equipping. Pray for her to have the courage to step out and, and ask for knowledge, ask for training, not ask for encouragement to get to where you want her to be and to continue to grow and learn from our mistakes. Don't let them paralyze us. Let them be uh, a tool that you use to just help us care better, to do a better job, to be a better sister, to be a better friend, to be a better daughter, to be a better neighbor, to be a better child of Christ. We thank you, Lord, for all our experiences that you can use for good so we can give you the glory 
and that we know that it's not of our power, Lord God, that it is you that has the power to change hearts, to have healing. And we are just a, a small piece of that puzzle to help them know and, and grow more in their faith. Lord, we pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online.